Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back to Smash Pod. This is part two. If you want to hear part one, why not go back and listen to that? In the meantime, here's part two. I hope you enjoy. I really do. So, Finn and Poe escape. Yes. As you were mentioning earlier with the tethered And they don't kiss. Hi-fi. They don't kiss. But I like that, you know, you were mentioning earlier about the ideas, things he was having with the yeah. tethered TIE fighter. I like that the TIE fighter noise slowly whirs into uh, yes. a crescendo yes. as it goes to take off. Because you it just does. assume that's it going really fast. But I like the way it's going. That's good. It's great. I mean, the sound design throughout, like the art direction is just mm. gorgeous. It's, mm. it's, they've put a lot of very, very talented people on this and given them a lot of money to make it really lovely. Mm. Although, to be fair, with the TIE Fighters, they've just gone, what if the square bits on the end were white instead of black? Yes, that's true. I mean, yeah. well, there is that. But, I mean, they've, they've recreated them, I suppose. Yeah. And they've, again, with the, the warming up sound, that's great. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, as I say, they don't kiss. Uh, Poe gives Finn his name because his name up to that point is FN2187. That's right, yes. That's and, right. Uh, he says, yeah, I like being called Finn. Thanks. Yep. I'm not, I'm not quoting from the film there. Just... I think that is more or less it. It's more or less um, it. Yeah, I mean, have you have you thought about writing one of these, John? Oh, I'd, just... I'd love to, you know. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do it together. Especially with your comebacks and my dialogue. <laughs> no, you are. We'll go Thanks. up to Kathleen Kennedy say, say we've got two demands. Right. Every single zinger has to be met with the other character saying, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. And, and also Boba Fett helmet upside down, flowers planted in it. And Han Solo's balls explode. <laughs> yeah, at, at one point, at a crucial moment. He's oh. back to life. We've resurrected him like Emperor Palpatine. But well, we've just to have his balls blow up. He doesn't even say any lines. You say that. <laughs> you say that, but he, uh, well, I won't tell you. Okay. Yeah. Han Solo comes back and his bollocks blow up in yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> he is, isn't it? And everyone goes, yeah, you're right. It is bad that there's a black stormtrooper. And he goes, no, it's more the balls exploding <laughs> that was an issue for me personally. And we're going to call it episode nine and a half. Yeah, episode nine and a half. <laughs> I don't want to go all the way to ten yet. You know, I think... There's more story to tell. Uh, we're going to call it episode nine and a half, The Smell of Fear. Yeah, yeah. there you go. The Perfect. S- the Smell of First Order. The Smell of First Order. The Smell of uh, Donald Gleeson's nerves. Uh, so, um, so uh, Poe, sorry. So Finn wakes up on his own with Poe's jacket. Yep. Uh, and watches as the uh, stormtrooper, sorry, as the TIE fighter sinks into the Kelvin Flats because JJ has to put the word Kelvin in everything. 
Is that a thing he likes? He does. It was his. I, believe, I think it was his grandfather's name. Oh, that's nice. That's very sweet. So if you watch any J.J. Abrams film or TV show or anything, there's always a mention of the word Kelvin. In uh, Super 8, I think the, sh- the, the supermarket where the monster attacks at the beginning is called Kelvin. That's nice. Now, my mother yeah. is from Oregon in the States, mm. and uh, she went to take a trip and visit family there quite a few years ago now. Mm. And she sent back, uh, this is sort of in the early days of her understanding that you can take photos on your phone. Right. Uh, about five, ten years later, and everybody else realized this. Sure. And one of the few photos she sent back via email to me from this trip was uh, a picture of a big general store like next to a big highway mm. uh, which said Wanker's Corner Grocery Store hey. because there is a town in Oregon called Wanker's Corner so I think that with the family connection the sort of sentimental family connection <laughs> thing that would be the phrase that I would get into every film yeah the mate, it's like watch out over there because that's the, the Wanker's Corner quicksand that you'll sink into if you if you're oh, not careful. Fucking Tom Crowley, since he's been the showrunner on Doctor Who, obviously, yeah, Wanker's every fucking cor- episode. Wanker's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That's the Wanker's Corner bell going off. <laughs> that means that the TARDIS is, is sad. Uh, the chameleon the chip's ship's broken again, so we will have to go to Wanker's Corner and get it fixed. No, no. It turns the chameleon ship, the chameleon ship breaks again more <sighs> than before, and the TARDIS becomes the Wanker's Corner grocery store. Oh, I hate this series. Do you hate it more than it is now, though? Bring back Chibnall. Oh, God. I've never been so insulted. Sorry. That's not fair, is it? I'm sure he's very good. He wouldn't put Um, Wanker's Corner on everything, though. No, that's true. He wouldn't. He doesn't have the the guts to do that. That's why I'm a really good writer. It's the sheer brass balls on me. (laughs) Well, watch this space for Tom Crowley's Doctor Who. (laughs) everybody um now i've got a problem with this scene right where where finn meets ray now i've got no problem with the fact that ray can fly a spaceship absolutely no problem what i don't like is that because of these mary sue accusations that came along at the time mainly from sex offending screenwriters yes um it doesn't help itself and i've also got a thing about doctor who with this as well but it doesn't help itself that when he says to her have you flown this thing before Yes. She says no, and then starts flicking every single switch and then taking the, you know, starting the ship. I think all they had to do is her to say yes. It's, well, I think it, you sort of, there's a similar scene with Luke, isn't there, where he says, oh, it's almost the same as a T1 Skyhopper or whatever. Like, he, he sort of says, oh, the controls are basically the same. Yeah, but he has that line in there. To yeah, cover that. to show that he does it. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't say, it's, I've never flown this before. Maybe, maybe this is, they took a leaf out of my book and he said, and, you know, much like the comebacks, like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Then the comeback her there is like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Can you fly this thing? And in the part, in a previous uh, Star Wars, there might have been some sort of witty repast, like, a, what do you think I'm doing? Or something like that. Mm. Uh, but in this, she goes, no. Mm. And that's the, that's the witty comeback they settled on. It annoys me every single time because I just think if they'd have just had her saying, yes, but not for years or something like that. Yeah. Or like, um, or- uh, it's basically the same as, as yeah. my speeders controls whatever exactly yeah. then you'd be like okay fine but i know so the, to talk about the character of ray sorry for cutting mm. you off i just no, wanted to go back to what you're saying about the mary sue accusations mm. i thought the mary sue was like a sort of uh, an author <sighs> insertion of themselves into a story well matt the the the, the screenwriting sex offenders uh, right. accusation was have they got a podcast by the way because that sounds really good <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone would listen to it now I think recorded from la county jail it's yeah. the sex offending screenwriters podcast where his dad should have been no um uh, oh, i'll cut that out <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> no his accusation was this she's literally good at everything yeah like everything she touches she's amazing at which by the way james bond 
is the same. But because he's a man, it's fine. Well, I'm with you on that. I yeah. think, yeah, it's it's sort of... But also, she's, you know, she has the force about her. So it's almost like going... She's a bit special, isn't she? She's yeah. like, kind of, she's got something kind of amazing about her. And then when you find out, oh, she's sort of, you know, she's another Anakin or another Luke, you go, yeah, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Exactly. I accept it perf- per- I accept it definitely. And I've got no problem with it. As I say, I just don't think it, they help themselves with that particular line reading. Mm. Because mm. people, thick people will go, well, how is she going to be flying the spaceship if she's never flown it before? Yeah, well, I mean, you make, you make a good point, John. Also think, with Doctor Who. The, yes, with Doctor Who. Uh, in Doctor Who, her first appearance, when she regenerates, she immediately falls out of the TARDIS, which led to millions of people going, ha-ha, women's can't drive. Yes. I just thought, again, you're not helping yourself. No, that's a good point. I think also, um, I think that was, uh, that, that's a joke which... Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's terrible, isn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to define the first female Doctor. Also, then, at the beginning of Series 11 of Doctor Who, the TARDIS is found within two episodes, and it's not even that big a deal. Yeah. So you do start to ask yourself, well, hang on, why was it completely obliterated at the end of the previous series in a misjudged moment, which led to loads of sexist ammunition being given to assholes on the internet? Yeah. Anyway, that's another question. we get. Mm. I think this is a separate podcast. Yeah, uh, one which you and I will record, and then I'll never release for fear that it might professionally damage me. <laughs> yeah, and I'll never listen to it either. No, good. All right, perfect. Yeah. It's a deal. Great. That's um, a blood pact. Exactly. Um, which we can't do because we're in isolation. But um, oh, yeah. God, I'll post you some blood. Perfect. And I'll post some blood on the internet. Good. I don't know what that means. Um, so I'm they're gonna... escaping the Millennium Falcon. Yes, lovely. Yeah, lovely ship. I like the bit, however, as opposed to the line with, can you drive this? No, I can't. Here I am driving it. Mm. In an opposite way, I really like the bit where they go, let's take that really a spaceship and it explodes immediately. They go, mm. oh, let's take the shit one. And then mm. it's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a, a really nice moment. It's a great joke. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they take off and then Simon Pegg comes running out and goes, hey, that's mine. I'd, he does. If, if I was a director, I'd go, I know they're mates. I'd go, Simon, could you just do that again, but better? Yeah, but no, I, I think it's, you know, it's it, it's sold as a sort of hammy moment to me. I also, I think there are so many questions with a character like that where you go, is he in the suit? Mm-hmm. If not, who is? <laughs> is he ADRing to an effect that's already been generated? Or is was he there just shouting at an indiscriminate level? Anyway, I, I'm, I, I hesitate to criticise because I think I would find that very strange to judge. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, but they get away, they go off into space... And then they get captured by a big spaceship, which it turns out Han Solo is now flying around in a car park. Yeah, it's like a sort of it's a, it's like a scrap kind of chomping mouth that yeah. just flies around the universe. Yeah, I would say now you know there's a lot of fun to be had here in the next several minutes of this film. Mm-hmm. I would have said that this, if you take my theory of cutting half an hour, I think this segment would probably be the first to go. Absolutely. And I think the clue to that is that there's this giant action sequence, which is very entertaining. And I like the ball alien. That's cool. That's fun and weird. Mm-hmm. Not very Star Wars-y. It all feels right. slightly odd and from a different film, but yeah. it's an entertaining segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as soon as that's all done and they've all buggered off in the Millennium Falcon, uh, the Scottish guy, who I can't remember who he is. He's from something. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's on the opposite team to the crew from the raid. Yeah. Uh, he he looks out the window of the spaceship and says, "Tell the first order that we found their droid and it's on the Millennium Falcon." And and literally that is the only part of the scene that's required for the story. Well, isn't this also to introduce the fact that Ray's really good at uh, doing electrical things? Oh, is it right? Oh, because okay. she shuts all the doors. She releases the Raptors by accident. Well, I hadn't got. Yeah, yeah. Also, one of the baddies are called Kanja Club, which I made me just think of Boy George immediately. 
Kanja Club, yeah. yeah. Kama, 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 also, kama. you talk about Harrison Ford being good in this, and I agree, largely he is. Yes. He has a terrible line reading here. Absolutely. Tell, tell me about it. It's tell embarrassing. Yeah. Um, would you say that to his face, John? I would. Right, okay. Well, yeah, would it surprise you to find out that he's here with me now? It would. Hey, John, I can't do it. It's <laughs> no. very hard to do a good Harrison Ford impression. Harrison, your voice... Oh, it's you again. Sorry, I Sorry, that was me. It was me, it was me the whole time, John. You were oh, flummoxed. Fucking hell. I've lampooned um, you. But uh, it, it doesn't make sense because they say, you know, these two people, Kanja Club and the Scottish Mafia. Yes. The, the Muck Mafia. The Muck Mafia. I've boarded your car park. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to do? And he says, you guys hide down there. And she says, what about the droid? And he says, oh, keep it with me and um, I'll sort it out. I'll let you know when they're gone. And then she says, what are you going to do? And he goes, same thing as I always do, talk my way out of it. And then right, Chewbacca okay, so roars he, and then he does yeah. it. And then as Chewbacca roars at him, he, he, per- he turns back into classic hand solo and goes, yes, I do. Every time. I thought, brilliant. Do that line before again, please. Because you literally like just you went. that second one. Same yeah. thing I always do, talk my way out of it. But he no, was he was no. at a sort of a the first line he was at a kind of a David Hare kind of level of energy where it's yeah. like miserable people in the living room just sort yeah. of you know mumbling to each other which he has then a tendency to fall into yeah and then yeah. he remember then Chewbacca reminded me oh Star Wars yeah, yeah. I remember now and then yeah. he yeah he, he even he does the, the finger pointing memory. he does the finger pointing yes I every do every time yeah, yeah it's good that I mean yeah. listeners at home can't see this and Nork and no. John at the other no. end of the phone line but no. I just I just did it I did it as well. Good, so imagine us both pointing at nothing yeah. and saying, yes, I do, every time. Yeah, but now you're sounding like Jimmy Durante. Hinky dinka do, ha 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 So anyway, they get away and then they go and see... Uh, oh, and then uh, after that, we get Kylo Ren meeting Snoke, who's our new Emperor Palpatine, essentially. Snoke, otherwise yeah. known as, might as well be a big empty chair. Yeah, or as I call him, the Cosmic Wilfred Bramble. He does look a bit like a dirty old man. Yes, yeah. he does look like famous dirty old man Wilfred mm. Bramble. But as you say, complete waste of time. I think his. I think I would have much preferred it if he did sound like Wilfred Bramble. Yeah, there is something very curiously British about Star Wars, and obviously mm. it's because it was you know a low budget film shot in Elstree, so they just got whoever they could get. Yeah, but that has been retained in a really nice way. I except like it, yeah. that John Boyega is American, mm. and I I thought of I assume that's just because they went. We've already got one British goodie. We can't have yeah, two. Yeah. That would be confusing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I thought, that's a shame though, because John Boyega is like, I find his sort of, na- like his usual accent really charming. And- also, why not have um, Poe doing an accent? Because you know what's really refreshing about Rogue One is that Cassian Andor yes, has Hispanic got that accent. lovely yeah, yeah. sort of Mexican lilt to his voice. Yes. I mean, he's, he's a gorgeous man as oh. well. Diego Luna, is yeah, that his name? Brilliant, isn't he? Rogue One is, is ace. I love it Rogue is. One. It's a masterpiece. Yeah, and uh, Riz Ahmed, another bit of yeah. you know, cracking uh, British totty in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, that was good news. And yeah, oh, oh, lovely accents. Accents in Star Wars. I mean, it doesn't make sense because, you know, I mean, then why is why is Doctor Who Northern? Lots of planets have a North. I mean, these are the same questions we've been asking for years. You mean Northern? Northern. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes. Everyone at home will get that reference. <laughs> they won't at all. I'll have to no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, Tom, just, just, the context is that Tom did a wonderful little video of um, all the Doctor Who's in 60 seconds. Uh, it, well, no, I don't think I set myself a time limit. It was no. just every single Doctor impersonated, uh. mostly in one word or maximum four. Every single Doctor impersonated. <laughs> Jamie. Joe. Romana. Oh... He's sort of like, oh, oh, which one's this again? uh... Ace, you cretin. Hi, I'm Paul McGann. Whoa. Northern. Well. Posh. 
You are a fanny. Brilliant. You're welcome. I retweet and it a lot, so if you follow me, you've probably seen it. If you follow John Rain at Mr. Ken Shabby on Twitter, mm. you'll mm. see that being retweeted roughly every three days, which possibly, is something I, I hugely appreciate from John. Yeah. And I encourage him to keep doing it. <laughs> it does make me laugh. I'm sorry I can't hide that fact. <laughs> it, it cheers me up at dark times. I think it is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, I agree. Because mm. everything else you've done is shit. Terrible. Absolute yeah. shit. Honestly. It's a wonder you let me on the programme. I know. I, I, I felt sorry for you. I've just, I've just had a shit just now. Oh, well, stinks. <laughs> oh. uh, so Snoke then. Snoke. As speaking it, of steaming piles of stinky shit. Speaking of shit, as it later turns out, is Palpatine. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. He's a clone of Palpatine. I mean, he's basically the same character, so he yeah. might as well do that. Like, But that's not that's not a kind of Scooby-Doo, ha-ha! Mm. That's more of a kind of a sighing resignation of like, yeah, I guess he is him. Yeah, yeah. Because he may as well be him, so mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. And the best thing about uh, episode nine um, is when um, Kylo Ren at the beginning goes to see Palpatine, he walks past mm. this uh, canister full of used Palpatine, uh, sorry, used Snoke's. There's like, oh, right. there's okay, like three so of them piled on top of one another. He's one of them Wilfred Bramble in an yeah. amusing in-joke. Yeah. He's going, oh, adult. Don't have a go at that horse. <laughs> Don't have a go at that torn-torn. That torn-torn do anything. That torn-torn's kept us in business. Exactly that. But yeah, yeah. so uh, Andy Serkis doing the voice. He does, all, he does a good job, I think. He's just... Oh, is it Andy Serkis? I had... Yeah. I mean, he's so nondescript. I, I literally... He's got. He's better in the Last Jedi, to be fair. That scene in the uh, throne room. Yeah, that's good. quite good. I remember that. That's fun. I mean, I, I do remember sort of going, "Oh, he's a character," because yeah. in this, you sort of. It's odd because you kind of you don't need him because you've already got General Hux, Donald mm. Gleeson, looking a bit confused. Mm. You've got Kylo Ren as the more sort of wild cardy Darth Vader esque. You know, Captain Sith Phasma presence. that we didn't even mention as well. Captain Phasma. I actually really like her mm. in this because she's a perfect. You know, she's the drill sergeant for John Boyega which is quite yeah. nice yeah. and like the bit where she, she goes I'm going to send you a blaster in for inspection mm. is just a really nice indirect threat I, I really liked that and, mm. and it's Gwendolyn Christie isn't it Yeah, behind the shiny um, armour plates Yeah, and she just she's just good physical performer and she just the vocally does, does it really well she's great I think yeah. she, again sadly underused because they don't know what to do with her but actually to be fair there's that big fight they have at the, in Last Jedi which is quite nice where he sort of finally makes his you know Sticks the knife into his uh, past uh, mm. with uh, with Phasma, and that's quite lovely. Calls so it calls himself Rebel Scum. Rebel Scum. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That was good. It is good, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> where were we? Uh, so then, then we get Han Solo and Ray and Chewbacca. I don't know why I'm listing them all. Everyone in the Millennium Falcon go and see Maz. Now mm-hmm. this this again really pisses me off because Maz is played by Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o, who is possibly the most beautiful woman in the world. Right. Not only that, a really good actress. Yes, she's very good. Yeah. And they make her look like an anal bum face woman. They do. She's. I, I, she looks like you know that thing that meme people do where they shrink people's eyes and mouths. <laughs> yes. And then they, you know, like uh, it'll be like Patrick Stewart, uh, Bonaduct Combo Bot. It's like Moz Moz Conato. And I, I like the design. Uh, a question my fiance asked that was apposite was why she's wearing goggles. Don't yeah. know. Uh, she <laughs> she's a bartender. Like a, she looks like a minion's nan. She <laughs> She looks like she looks like if you if you like smoked a minion and held it hung it yeah. up over a in a dry room for a few weeks. Yeah. That's exactly what she looks like. <laughs> She's like if you treated a minion to make a handbag out of it. 
There's also a mild, <laughs> there's also a mild uh, insinuation here that she's fucked Chewbacca. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Oh, well, to be fair, I think that's sort of the flirty older lady character. I think mm. that's, you know... That's She's like, in. oh, young man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At our age. I wouldn't mind him having a look up me ATAT or whatever. I don't know. Like, something like that. He certainly uh, puts the woo in Wookiee. He sure does. Yeah. Wouldn't mind him chewing my backer. Um, the, so... <laughs> Although, as we found in the film Solo, that's too long to say. Is it? Have you seen Solo? I haven't seen Solo yet. The bit, no. There was definitely a, there was a cut-off point. I think I'm a good uh, indicator of uh, audiences. Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. there was a certain point where I got fatigued <laughs> of new Star Wars coming out. I, like, I wasn't bothered. I like Solo, but there's about three massive stinky clunkers in them. One of them there's being... There's one where his name isn't actually Han Solo. Well, he says Han... Han his first name's Han, and he says, and what's, what's your second name? And he goes, oh, I haven't got one. Right. And then he goes, uh, you're travelling alone. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, mm, Han Solo... Sure. It's and a bit then, like when it's a bit like in the film where you know you find out when Indiana Jones first wore a hat, and you go, well, "I don't really care that much when he first wore a hat." It's more mm. his, you know, character and his emotional development that's interesting. It's like, no, no, he got a hat off a guy on a train, and yeah. you go, "Sure, that's fine, <laughs> I guess." And this is why he doesn't like snakes. Maybe he doesn't like snakes because they're poisonous and kill you. No, mm. no, no. There was a very specific moment when he, okay, fine, <laughs> sure. I mean, they did cut out the bit where he masturbates for the first time, which I think was wise. To a pin-up of uh, Princess Leia Organa. Who's That's right. Pin-up of the Resistance. Yeah. The Rebellion. Sorry, I get confused. Yeah, it was, it's, they've been rebranded. Yeah. Um, but in, in Solo, um, when Chewbacca and Han Solo meet, and Han Solo can speak Wookiee, which is fun. Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, when they meet, he says to him, so what's your name? And Chewbacca roars. And then he goes, Chewbacca? That's too long. I'm just going to call you Chewie. And you're like, well, you don't need that. Don't well, need I mean, that. So in, did he invent the concept of pet names in, yes. in Star Wars universe? Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah. Because obviously... Until he's... he came along, everyone would have said Luke Skywalker. And then he went, no, I'll call you Luke. Mm. I want him to do that with everybody he meets. Yeah. Kai. Kylo. Kai. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call yeah. you Ben instead of Benjamin. Is that all right? I'm going to call you... I'm going to call you Jab. <laughs> That's what got him in trouble with Jabba the Hutt in the first place. Was oh, he kept I, him jab. I thought he was talking to Frank Bruno. Yeah, he was. <laughs> now, that was a whole other adventure. Yeah. To be documented in Solo 2, The Return of Frank Bruno. <laughs> he just goes around the universe thinking up nicknames for people. Yeah, and then saying them to people he shouldn't, like boxers and wrestlers and, you know, And then it gets, revealed, it gets revealed at the end as the twist that his real first name is Hang Glider. Hang... <laughs> 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 hang glider solo press i mean let's, let's be honest all hang gliders are solo by nature aren't they so well they are well you can sense. do that thing where someone rides on your undercarriage but we won't talk about that now that's, that's show. tom that's sexual intercourse sorry sorry i was i've been doing hang gliding all wrong yeah. or all right all right yeah. i'll take you to heaven and back baby uh, or sort of start at heaven and then work our way down. Yeah, we'd have to get, like all sex, like and hang gliding, you have to start on a big hill and then In run off ways, the end. In many ways, it's the opposite of sex, isn't it? Because yeah. the best bit's at the very beginning when you just sort of uh, tip off the edge of a cliff, whereas during sex, you fall off a cliff at the end. That's right. <clears throat> Am I doing sex wrong? I think you are. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll have to watch to find out. Uh, so he goes to see Maz, and um, uh, we get some exposition here about... Um, some business and this is where Finn basically says no, he has his re- what's it refusing the call the close, classic Joseph Campbell oh yes yes you take the moment yeah, yeah. indeed uh, so he's going to walk off and go away uh, in the meantime Maz in Maz's place Ray hears a noise and follows it and then finds 
um, Anakin's original lightsaber. Mm, yeah, all makes sense. Yeah, makes and, sense. and as yeah. she touches it, we get this nice little flashback sequence, mm. uh, which has a bit of Empire Strikes Back in it. It's got a bit mm. of. We see the Knights of Ren, the terrifying Knights of Ren. I hope we see them again one day, and they'll be interesting. They won't. Do we ever see them again? Ever? They're, they're in Episode Nine, and they don't okay. do anything at all. Right. Yeah. I must say that was always the case with the Imperial Guard in mm. um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They're yeah. there to look lovely, and then yeah. they never once even flinch. They never move. They're like the Queen's Guard. Yeah. You know, they're outside the palace. They just stand there. They do a lot of things. In, in Star Wars, there's loads of uh, great scenes of, of like little Jawas like, messing with them because mm. they know they're not allowed to move or talk. Yes. But then one of them will like produce his like gun spear mm. and just go... Stand back in the name of Emperor Palpatine. And mm. the Jawa goes, oh, and runs mm. away. And it's, mm. it's, it's jolly good fun. You see the videos online. It's great. They're brilliant. Um, but that's the only thing they're good for. Yeah. Apart from that. They, do they keep their sandwiches under their helmets? They do. They yeah. do. And now and again, one removes one in an amusing set piece. Sorry. So I'm really stupid. Do they keep their space sandwiches under their helmets? Ah, uh, yeah. You made a classic blunder there. <laughs> I forgot the space prefix you, you have fool. to use in Star Wars. Um, so, yeah, so she, uh, th- there's also like a cameo from um, Ewan McGregor in that bit, isn't there? Yes, there is. That's famously like he, that's the one link, isn't it, with the prequels? Is he yeah. says a line as Obi-Wan? They, they managed to get a line of, Obi- of Alec Guinness saying Ray, which I think they managed to chop up some audio. So you got him saying Ray. Oh, wow. And then as the flashback finishes, you hear someone whisper, uh, you've taken your first steps, and that's Ewan McGregor. Ah, lovely. That's yeah. nice. I like. I think what they'd done was they found uh, Alec Guinness saying satellite array. That's right. And they took out satellite, and then Ray mm. was left. those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a news vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the Smarts? Hey, we got the Smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7 a.m. Available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, so, no, th- this point when they were in the... Um Finn's about to leave, and the mm. First Order, who've been alerted to their presence, as has the Resistance, by the way, uh, the First Order arrive and start shooting him. I quite like that sequence as well. Oh. There's little two lines. That's quite nice. It is yeah. very Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah. Tell the Empire, tell the First Order that they're here. Tell the Resistance that they're here. That's quite nice. Anyway. No, they're not. Mm. No, they're not. And then they go, no, I've seen them. They literally are. And the guy goes, you are. Yeah. And then that's... <laughs> Could we get someone else on the phone, please? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then they hand it on to somebody else. <laughs> and she goes, that was just confusing. He said no, and now I'm talking to you. Yes, yeah, sorry. I and the th- other guy goes, because it's a non-human Star yeah, character. He says, I, I paid for an argument. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, this says, is abuse. And then she says, third base. Hmm. Who? Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first order... The first order blow everything up. Uh, Ray yep. runs off again. Ray freaks out after touching the lightsaber uh, and yes. run, runs off. Um, mm. Kylo Ren comes down. Uh, there's a nice sequence where he chases her and then freezes her. Yes, and then says, "Oh, you've seen the map. Uh, it's all in your head. I'm going to take you instead." Mm. Yeah, because we're still going on about this fucking map. Yeah, uh, I mean, it sort of works as a as a sort of you know a MacGuffin. But who fucking sort of cares? Honestly, it's like if there is, is li- if, if there is literally one Jedi, which is what they're you know supposing here, mm. who gives a fuck? This is something that I wondered. I mean, like mm. I, you know, there's a lot of sort of last Jedi detractors who don't like that moment where Luke just flings a lightsaber over a cliff, and mm. I like that joke. I think that's quite a nice bit. Yeah, because he's he's fed up with it all. Mm. What I don't quite get, as you say, is. He's he's clearly renounced all of this and, yeah. and feels guilt and doesn't want anything to do with it. So they're all going, let's find Skywalker. I suppose what they could, what you could say, and what they should have maybe made more of is the idea that you know bringing back Luke Skywalker's head on a stick would be like the ultimate symbol of victory for the First Order. Yeah, you know, but it's never really established. Like no. it's hinted at that the Jedi are a myth at this point because it's so long since there's been any of them knocking about. Mm. But uh, also that, you know, Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and, and Leia themselves are almost legendary figures. Hmm. So you could you could have, you know, Kylo Ren or, or possibly frightened Donald Gleeson saying something, you know, like, I will hang Skywalker's head from the prow of my Star Destroyer yeah. and then they will know, then they will know. But as it is, it just sort of feels like it's Kylo Ren's personal beef. It's, yeah. his, it's his sort of the end of his family therapy is like well I'm off to go murder my uncle or just have some sort of backstory give Snoke some sort of backstory where he's you know no, he's no. like the reason he's all fucked up is because Luke Skywalker fucked him up so he wants to kill him something well, like that he was working in that scrapyard that did him wasn't it because it messed his back up yeah yeah, yeah oh god oh, you dirty old man yeah 
Yeah. Where do you want where do you want the map to Skywalker Snoke? In the Kazi. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, long story short, they kidnap Ray. Yep. And um Finn gets to do his first uh shout of Ray here. Mm-hmm. He also gets called a traitor by a stormtrooper. And bearing in mind at the beginning, Finn was quite upset about a stormtrooper dying. And by mm. this point he's literally just shooting shooting all of them. Well, that's true. I suppose it's like it becomes a life or death struggle, and mm. it's it's. I think it's the the reality of the violence when it first happens. It, again, it's like it does feel like something they could have just done a lot more with. You know, this idea that he's if he's a pacifist, that's a really interesting character to put in a show called yeah. Star Wars. It happens, you know. Tom. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Also, they should have a scene like they did in the A Team remake, where B A became a pacifist, mm. and uh, Liam Neeson as uh, Hannibal Smith. Mm-hmm. had to sit down with BA and explain to him that Gandhi was a pacifist, but some also great thinkers also shoot guns as well. Mm, yeah. and, and then talk him round to shooting guns again. Yeah. Or like or sort of like the thirteenth Doctor who like will will smack the a gun out of the hand of a young progeny and then say, But I've got this amazing gas that'll like melt flesh off, so we'll use that. Mm. And it's like someone someone has like, you know, a one of those sort of potato guns that fires chunks of potatoes, like smack it out of their hand and say, you're a piece of shit. You're a human piece of shit. <laughs> and then she'll see somebody off with like a, a nuclear warhead and go, that's fine. And that sort of, that sort of, that it's, it's very consistent. You know, you it's very st- hard st- line consistency. You stood upset because she killed all those spiders, Tom. I'm so, I felt so bad for them. Mm-hmm. I was so invested in them in that episode. That mm. was the main thing. I assume they were the protagonists. They were, yeah. I was going like, oh, brilliant. Oh, mm. Look at this. Oh, they're about to eat all those people. Yeah. But no, then at the end, outrageous, outrageous. We're going to have them cannibalise each other until the entire species is wiped off the face of the earth, right? But if I see one of you holding a spud gun, I'll fucking kill you. Like, it's that sort of... We need we need some more clear-cut character development like that uh, in this, I think, from, I, from Finn. I agree. I don't like women either. <laughs> God, no! It's one of those shit guys. <laughs> it's a shit man from Twitter. He's... Boxed me into a corner. Uh, there's a good bit here. Um, sorry, I went all high there. There's a good bit here when um, Ray is uh, being kind of tortured by um, Kylo Ren. Yes. It reminds me a bit, and this may sound weird, but it reminded me a bit of those films where you get a, like a, a jock forcing himself on a, a chick. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what they're going for, is this kind of like horrible piece of shit trying to have his way with an innocent woman. And then when she starts resisting... And then reads his mind. It's a brilliant scene. Yeah, it's really nice, yeah. Mm. I like that a lot. And I like the bit where he says, Hey, baby, you fancy going to make our point? Mm. And she says, No, thank you. Mm. And he goes, That's fine. I respect your boundaries. And she says, and no, you, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> No, I don't. Because he's been force-tricked, like, yeah. um, like uh, Jabba the Hutt. But he gets, he tries to get information out of her, he can't, and he gets totally freaked out because as he says to her, you know, you're a scavenger, you're waiting for these people to come, yeah. she then fights back and says, you're obsessed with Darth Vader. I mean, that's obvious anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and basically just calls him out on his shit. Yeah. And he leaves to go and speak to Snoke. Now, this is where our connection comes in because as she's tied up in this uh, yes. upward table. This is it. Drum roll. This is where we meet FN. We're coming to it. FN007. He's never FN007. He is. Oh, my God. Amazing. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Here it is. The reason that we're talking about this right now. Uh Here he is. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. And here he is right now. 
Craig Daniel. Oh, shit, I got the wrong one. Uh, hello. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. It's me, Craig Daniel. Welcome to SmashPod. <laughs> the podcast about all your wood and tiling needs. I'm no. Craig Daniel from uh, Huddersfield Tiling and Roofing Supplies. No, Craig. Thanks for having me on, John. No, Craig, We've Sorry. got a special on this week. Uh, Craig, there's been a mix-up. I don't, what? I, I don't actually need you anymore. No, you don't. Oh, see, you've got it. That's good. Thanks. And then he leaves. Bye, Craig. Yeah. Bye, Craig. It was nice of him to leave. It was nice of him to leave peacefully without showing any resistance. I thought he the was resistance gonna, it all ties together. It does. I thought he was going to kick off, to be honest. But he was all no, right. No, no, no. There was, there was. It was, it was deemed that that improvisation wasn't uh, worthy enough for continuation. Huddersfield's <laughs> a long way to come, though. It, uh, it is. I mean, you know, he shouldn't even be outside. Still, I don't know why you let him in because there's, there's a lockdown on. Well, I'm, he lives with me. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I can't yes and you any further, John. You've, you've absolutely, you've, you've skewered the reality I'm trying to create here. <laughs> Makes sense now. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So Daniel, it's brilliant. So Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Craig um, is a stormtrooper called FN 007. FN 007. Yeah, and uh, he gets Jedi mind tricked. Uh, and later on, you get to see him have sex with a cocktail, oh. uh, which is another clever reference if you for the fans. Yeah. Um, yes. No. No. He does. He he gets mind tricked, and he's mm. he's good at it. He's good at it. He yeah. sounds like you know those classic stormtroopers. He calls he, it a scavenger a, scum. Scavenger scum. Yeah, mm. it's nice. It's yeah. nice that. Yeah. It's 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 nicely done. He's force tricked. It's enjoyable. It's quite nice watching her sort of. And also, there's something so lovely. They use the fact that he's, you know, that this is a masked cameo mm. quite well, where mm. it's, it's, you know, it makes absolutely no difference that it's Daniel Craig in no way. I think we no, can say no, that no, safely. No. But, but it is quite nice that it, he's completely unreadable, which increases, like, the amusement of sort of seeing this totally blank expression character slowly get turned mm. by a Jedi mind trick. And, and it also increases the tension because you have no idea if she's just like talking shit and he's not listening yeah but uh, it's a lovely little sequence and I'm sure Craig's very glad to have done it oh you'd love it wouldn't you the first Star Wars film for 30 odd years I certainly would it would be a wonderful opportunity for Brilliant. me to promote my roofing and tiling supply <laughs> no, shop sorry I was talking to Tom oh, oh sorry I'll, I'll pop off the zoom call thanks uh, back to pornography <laughs> can I go with Craig <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you like I mean we're yeah. only about half an hour into the movie so we're yeah. probably going to have to keep going quite a while yeah 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 Anyway, yes. <clears throat> actually, no, we're getting there. We're getting there. We got to Craig. We got to Craig. Got to Craig. He's and she's kind of like now she can wander around the ship. Now we cut to Finn um, and Han Solo. Now a little spaceship lands and out comes Princess Leia. Whoa, whoa! Or G- General sure. Organa, as she was, as she's called in this. Yes, I like that. I, like I do. And, uh, yeah, and she's great in this, as you say. Although she there is, is moment, there is one moment that always makes me laugh, which is really been is when um, Han Solo and her hug after he says, I saw our son. Yeah. And he presses her head onto her. And because she's a bit older, and this sounds awful because she's dead now, her face squishes a bit. And I always want this, a sound effect of kind of that. <laughs> to be there. And I, I always do it in my that, own I head. Say. I yeah, must say. I feel bad now. because Yeah, that sort of thing. Well, you know, I mean, that that's... we. You know, sometimes you, we've all had it when you're trying to take a sexy selfie, uh-huh. uh, when you're lying in bed and, you know, you've just, I, I woke up like this, that sort of thing, yeah. hashtag. And then you, you turn the front facing camera on yeah. and your face is, is sort of smooshed clear across your head. Yeah. Because you've, you've not noticed uh, how yeah. you were sleeping. You know, you know, how fucking appalling you look. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't mean, mean, I don't mean me, I mean day you. Oh, no, I know, I know. And then yeah. later in the day, I look in the mirror and think the same thing. And then, and yeah. then later that night again. And then when I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about it. Mm. All of that stuff. 
Oh my gosh, hang on. My favourite uh, little glimpse of an actor in this. I really want to mention this. Oh yeah, this. go on, go on. And this is, uh, this is when the TIE fighter is trying to take off, but it's tethered. Yeah. The guy who says, uh, hmm, we better report an unauthorised yep. uh, TIE fighter thing. The yep. sort of, d- the captain or uh, yeah, Colonel, Colonel Kaplan, I think his character's called okay. uh, in it, is the actor Pip Torrens, who is not famous. But he mm. is in two brilliant things, mm. which I recognised him from straight away. He's in the underrated M.R. James Ghost Story for Christmas adaptation, View from a Hill, uh-huh. playing a sort of broke aristocrat. And uh, he's also in Human Nature slash The Family of Blood, one of the best Doctor Who two-parters ever, playing a headmaster. Oh, and I saw him in that and thought, what a perfect triumvirate. M.R. James, Doctor Who, Star Wars. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, throwing quite a bit further back into the movie. But let's <clears> catch up now again. Let's catch up now. With Carrie Fisher smooshing her face into Harrison Ford, as we all would. As we all would. Now, uh, Finn says we've got to go and get Ray back, because I know stuff. Oh, and he meets up with Poe again, because mm-hmm. uh, at this point we think Poe's dead, and I think originally he was supposed to have been killed off. Oh, so he was going to die in the TIE Fighter. Yeah, but they kept him on because they liked Oscar Isaac so much. That does make sense, because they mm. never explain... Well, he explains it here in a very improbable way. He's, he's, like, he's I woke he up I and you weren't there, buddy! And he, and he says, I was thrown from the crashing ship. And and you go wait a, a ship that was crashing into a planet and you were you fell out of it and you survived and where did you go how did you get here ah oh, you know I wandered off in the desert mm. I thought I wouldn't check around the other side of mm. the spaceship that I fell out of yeah yeah I mean it's a shame isn't it I mean Oscar Isaac is brilliant in yeah. everything yeah. I think he's quietly he's sort of become one of my favourite actors uh, agreed yeah again for Ex Machina again and, one, um, basically three brilliant performances in that. And uh, the Cohen ones, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Inside, Lewin, inside Lewin Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yes, and just everything he turns up in, you Maybe, just go, I w- good. As a person who used to play music, when I see somebody who is clearly very good at guitar and very good at singing, mm. they've kind of got me for life, really. Right, um, Oscar Isaac is that. I mean, he's incredible in that film, acting-wise, but just his performing in that is incredible. Well, John, have I got a surprise for you? No. I can't play the guitar. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Okay. But I can say, ace, you cretin. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, got him back. I've got I'm, him back. See, I've got your, your mind for life, essentially. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, so this is where Finn says, I know loads about the death, the new Death Star, which is called Starkiller Base. Nice mm. nod to the fans there, Starkiller. Yeah, Luke Starkiller. Yeah. That's going to be his name. Uh, stupid name, though, First Order. What should we call it? Star Killer Base. Star Killer Base. Well, it, it kills stars. Well, it kills mm. planets. Planet Killer Base sounds a bit too on the nose. It should be called like Titan. Titan Base. That would be good. Oh, I like what. What I think. Wank Sark. Wank Sark. <laughs> Jizzrag Base. Jizzrag. Blow up the shitty planet land. That's what we're going to call it. No, it's not. (laughs) This is the boardroom scene I wanted to see with all the advertising. I wanted to see like a really, really wank, like fire festival, Hmm. LA marketing firm brought Hmm. in by Snoke Hmm. and Kylo Ren. Hmm. And Kylo Ren says, we understand you did fantastic work with the Adidas campaign. <laughs> and then they go, yeah, so we were thinking like a real sort of uh, a 90s revival vibe for this first order to kind of, you know, and it's like, oh, what would that entail? It's like, well, we think you got this Starkiller base. We're going to call it Hawaiian Fresh, you nice, know, stuff nice. like that. Yeah, and they yeah. go, like, we'll have to talk about this. And, you know, and that would be, and then I think that would be a much more fun uh, result. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Starkiller Base is a bit first route. Yeah. And I think they should have gone for a Tropical Breeze. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, Papillion Regret. Papillion Regret is mm. nice. Mm. Oh, um, uh, Chunky Coconut. Chunky Coconut. That would have been good. Yeah. Orange Lust. Anyway, That's the name of the video that Craig's watching at the moment. <clears throat> so, uh, good old Craig, I like good him. Old Craig. I'll have him on next week. He's not coming on because he's coming on. Oh, um, oh. Anyway, moving on. He's on the blocks. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so Finn says I used to work at Starkiller Base. Yeah. Um, I know everything about it. Yeah. Uh, it's got a weakness. Oh no, Han Solo says a little wink to the audience because he says it's got to have a weakness. It's just another Death Star. Yeah, I could have done a, I could have sort of done without that. I think. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. sort of having your cake and eating it. I mean, yeah. also everyone always points out like, oh yeah, the Death Star is so great. You can just fire one missile into its obvious weak spot, and you go, yeah. well, if you watch the film, it's an incredibly, presumably, it's an essential exhaust port without which the entire system would like it would blow up. Yeah, and also they have to fly through like a shitload of lasers mm. and find the one point on a planet-sized trench mm. where they can find this thing. So to be fair, as sort of crippling weaknesses go. It's not the worst in the world. Plus, they should have called it the clitoris, right, guys? Yeah. Hey. Am I right, guys? Yeah. Took loads of men to find it. Hey. Tropical lust. Tropical lust. Coming soon. Coming soon. To a top shelf of a knockoff cash and carry near you. Yeah. Lovely. Um, <clears throat> so, Han Solo says, right, well, I'm going to go with this fellow I've just met mm-hmm. and Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Starkiller Base mm. and we're going to turn off the shields. And That's you right. Can, you can all fly in with your X-wings, because Poe, as we've seen, is one hell of a pilot. He's a hell of a pilot. I bet that'll come back. It doesn't really, does it? No, I mean yeah. Finn says it one time. Yeah, and then you go. No, he doesn't even know that that's Poe Dameron, his yeah. friend. Yeah, not boyfriend. Not boyfriend. No. No. Look at them both ogling this poster of Claudia Schiffer together yeah but not together in a weird way I'd like to have a wank to that but not with you watching no exactly that's what they say that's the dialogue and then he says no you wouldn't yeah and then and then they they laugh and and slap each other on the back yeah but like hard so you Mm. know it's not a sort of tender graze it's like like an intense impact yeah because men show affection through violence they do real men yeah, like really sadomasochistic ones and spunky. I love you, Dad. Ugh, ow! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they go down to the Death Star and they do that. And um, third, so they go and they start putting bombs around this bit. I'm, I'm being yeah. too technical, I know. Sorry. No, I know. They put bombs yeah. around a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Kylo Ren, he finds out, A, that uh, Ray's escaped. So he's annoyed mm-hmm. about that. And then he, he he knows his dad's there. He can sense him. Mm. And then he wanders around. And then as he's walking around the bit, he walks on this giant walkway that doesn't seem to go anywhere for no reason. Mm. And then Han Solo thinks, well, this will be an ideal time for me to reconcile with my long-lost son. Yeah. I did sort of think... One thing I quite liked about that, I mean, yeah, obviously, you know, maybe when you're on a walkway, you know, with some railings, Mm. that would have been a good time to do it. Mm. But I also sort of think, I kind of believed it partly because he sees Leia again Mm. and she basically says to him, promise me you'll do everything you can to try and bring him back. Mm. And he sort of, and it's again, it's a nice bit of acting because you sort of just see him crumble Mm. and you know that he so loves him still and and he's been trying to tell himself he can turn away from him and he just can't do it. Mm. I find that quite moving. And yeah, again, just like a railing 
or a low wall nearby, yeah, yeah. that would have been good. But um, as it is, I go, sure. And also, mm. you know, it's Star Wars. So any emotional confrontation has to happen on a narrow gangway over a huge drop that's there for no clear reason. This bit is good, though. Good writing, good acting, I think. Yeah, it is, With yeah. that, uh, I know I have to do, but I don't know if I've got the strength to do it. Yeah, and, and if no, I can help you, I'll help you. They're kind of you at cross purposes, like in a two Ronnie sketch. Exactly. It's like yeah. David Renwick wrote this. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Kylo Ren is, in fact, talking about murdering his own dad to solidify his position with Snoke. Yeah. Whereas Han Solo is talking about going home for a cake. Yeah. And actually, Kylo Ren's talking about handles for forks. <laughs> but he's misunderstood. So he stabs him in the stomach. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's great. When he, when he kills Han Solo, it is great. It's great. Um, and it's really like that was such a kind of. Because I was watching this film. I think someone may have even tweeted, like, before Force Awakens even came out. Mm. Like. Oh, I can't wait to watch all of my beloved childhood characters getting killed. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, mm, yeah, that is the sort of thing that would happen. And then throughout this film, I was going, oh, God, please, no, please not. Don't kill Chewbacca. Just leave Chewbacca, please. Mm. Oh, not Leia. Don't, oh, not Han Solo. And that was a real, like, I think even when I saw it in the cinema, there was an audible kind of, oh, from the audience. Like, yeah. the, ber- the bereavement of it was really, felt really real. And then he gets shot by Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. And then chases Ray and Finn out into some woods. Yeah, and this bit's quite good as well. I think it is nice. I mean, there's there's so many nice bits. Really, it's mm. sort of, it's it's a strange thing where clearly a lot of talented people who love Star Wars worked on it, mm. but it's just that kind of slight. And again, this is a, a result of the carefully managed uh, franchise situation. Mm. And it's the same the same instinct that we'll have, you know, uh, Poe and Finn agreeing that a Claudia Schiffer poster is nice. Yeah. You know, it goes into, you know, oh, we, we've we've created this character who's like a great rebel pilot hero. And it's a great role because he, he dies heroically really early on, but it's really impactful. Mm. And it's like, oh, no, the character's too good. Bring him back. Mm. And then it's that, that odd thing where you're trying to balance all these characters that are there either because they're plot crucial or they've proven popular or they seem to sort of round out the balance of the cast in a wider sense. But then you have to keep juggling them all and finding reasons for them to do stuff. And it's the reason that Finn is underused because he's a great character, but because it's become a, you know, the conclusion of what they're now calling the Skywalker saga, <sighs> you know, and all of this. It's like, no, suddenly Finn's really interesting arc of, of being, you know, a fascist, you know, programmed child mm. to being a hero of the resistance is sort of sidelined a bit, even though it's more interesting than, you know, the chosen one coming back. Yes. You know, it's, it's all this sort of thing. And I think there is a sort of sense of, when you when you try and um, you know heroes journey it to death, you you start to end up like shaving off loads of interesting. You you can you shave off lots of rough edges, but by doing so, you've left lots of weird, incomplete things in there that mm. clearly at one point meant something, mm. uh, but now uh, have sort of just become these strange hanging threads. As you mentioned, like the the Knights of Ren or whatever. Mm. Like and you go, so who are they? That'll be important. Ah, it's not. Yeah, we lost interest in them partway through writing Last Jedi, and now they've gone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's it's gone now. Yeah, <clears throat> but I didn't put any jokes in that that I just said, John. No, I liked it though. I just said something I believed. Was that written by Craig Daniel? Uh, he's yeah, he he dashed that off, uh, no pun intended, and uh, just passed me a note. And then Dash from... didn't have another one off. He sure did. To uh, Orange Lust oh, Two, good for Return him. of the Tropical Breeze. Oh, wonderful, mm. sensual. Um, mm. So, yeah, they have this big uh, lightsaber fight. Because uh, at this point, Finn's in possession of the lightsaber. Mm. And he fights Kylo and gets wiped out immediately, basically. Mm. And then there's a nice moment here where Kylo puts his hand towards the saber, saying, that saber's mine. Mm. And as he gets hit with the force, it then shoots past his face. Bang, straight into, into Ray's hand. And that's a great yep. moment. 
It's really nice. Mm. Yeah, again, such a lovely kind of that's that sort of epic moment of yeah revelation. They do all that stuff so well, mm. yeah. and it's mm. and it's kind of yeah, the sort of weirdly just can't sort of focus it down enough to like what is the the core of it all. This is where that screenwriter of of some uh, infamy yes. has a problem with this scene because right. his problem was is that there's no way uh, Ray would be able to defeat Kylo Ren. Right. But there is kind of... I think I've just worked out which screenwriter you're talking about. Yeah. I I thought, until quite recently, John, I thought we were talking about an abstract concept of... Oh, right. A sex offender screenwriter. No, no, no. And now I've just figured out Hmm. what... Yeah, fine. But we'll move on from that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because... That's enough, (laughs) I might say. Exactly. Mm. And chocked out Mexican. Now, um, (sighs) the... uh, (laughs) The... Yes, at the moment, though, which kind of explains it a bit, because she's not, like, beating him, beating him. She's def- defending herself. But then mm. when he says, I can show you about the Force, she then takes that second, doesn't she, to say, oh, yeah, the Force, mm. and kind of becomes all one with the Force. Yeah. Even though she's not had the training, I guess that's people's problem with that scene. But I don't have a huge problem with that. I think people go... This is a bit like... Again, it's very like Doctor Who fandom. Is, is mm. You sort of get, you get people hung up over all the wrong things. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what matters is that, you know, you have this fictional science fiction world. And if you're too concerned about what was established about the way Time Lords work in 1979, mm. you will never be able to enjoy another episode of it. Because, And I, I often think about how... In in Father's Day, the Doctor Who, the New Who episode, which is is a brilliant episode, that episode breaks the entire concept of Doctor Who, because it's very clearly established that if you go back in time and try and interfere with events that you know are supposed to have happened, hmm. like killing Hitler or saving your dad from being hit by a car or anything like that, hmm. time pterodactyls will arrive and then consume everything in this aberrant timeline until it's gone. Right, and funnily enough. Late, years later, when Matt Smith is, is trying to stop the Daleks from infiltrating the British military during World War II, mm. the time pterodactyls are nowhere to be seen. Mm. So I think there are things like that that you just sort of have to take on the chin a bit, really. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about the ineffable concept of an, a powerful force that binds all living things. Mm. I think there's a certain amount of leeway you've got to give it when there's, there's no way that any force like that could be controlled through incredibly dependable means. No, absolutely not. Um, anyway, but she basically uh, she George McFly's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, she slices him across the face, which is good. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and leaves him to dead. And, and and as fate would have it, the ground breaks between them, and they're separated, mm-hmm. which is a bit on the nose. But never mind. Uh, she escapes. No, it's, it's it's a little bit of uh, action writing, I guess. You know, yeah, that could be the ship breaking up, or that could be you know a rope ladder crumbling in a different film. You know, yeah, it could be anything. True. But she escapes with Chewbacca and 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 Finn, and um, Ray. Uh, sorry, and um, Ren is uh, Snoke says to grab him, and we're going to go and complete his training. Which right, they, they don't. No, uh, that's never really brought back, is it? No, because especially. I mean, my one problem with the Last Jedi, and I like it as a film. Yeah, I wish the tit bit wasn't in it. If I'm honest. Oh, I love that bit. Fair do enough. you? No, okay. I really do. I I think. So much of what people hate about that, I think, is way more Star Warsy than people care to admit. Right. I think weird little jokes that seem tonally wrong with uh-huh. strange aliens is like, that may as well be like over the door of Skywalker Ranch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
weird incongruous moments with comedy alien creatures should be like on all the Star Wars merchandise. <laughs> like that that phrase. And I think that that is like, I really like all that stuff. And I, maybe I'm insane, but I do. And okay. and so does Craig. And you wouldn't tell Craig. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. He's wrong, would you? No, no, I wouldn't. And, I love that. Yeah, all right. All right, Craig. Get, get um, back to your video. Shut the door. My main problem with it, and it's the same problem I've got with Quantum of Solace, is that why restrict yourself to having it as takes to take place immediately no, I'm after the end of the last film I, I know, that never really gives you much does it like, no it's sort of you look at another you look at one of the best sequels of all time Aliens mm-hmm. and that takes place you know millennia afterwards it's, it's mm. straight away as far as Ripley's concerned yeah but the reason that works is because the universe has had generations to change and they've you know now they've colonised LZ426 mm-hmm. or is it LV LV426 LV yeah. LV426 yeah. and all of this and, and she's had a you know her daughter that she had that she never mentioned oh that's been cut hasn't it that's a yeah. cut scene yeah. anyway if you watch the deleted scenes she had a daughter and, and she's now grown up and she's somewhere else entirely like all that that's really nice. Yeah. But, you know, so many films do this, like, it's straight away. Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2. Yeah, that's that. right. And that's quite fun, but it really is just, like, more of the same, because it's literally, mm-hmm. it's the same night, even. It's yeah. the same Halloween. Exactly, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's all you can do is just go, yeah, same exact thing. I just think it restricts you from a writing point of view. I mean, I'm not a writer. Um, no, I think it is, though. I think it's part of the sort of Netflixization of movies, mm. though. Like, I think that there is a shame. It's a shame that everything... There, I think sort of, and, and you know, of course, Netflix is an extremely high quality commissioner of brilliant streaming programs who I one day hope to work for. Yeah. However, uh, <laughs> what I would say is that I've started to adopt, and this is not fair, but I've started to adopt the phrase like Netflixy mm. almost to mean they're so busy holding things back for the next episode or installment or sequel season or whatever that they sort of forget to give you enough to latch onto at, at the moment. Yeah. What was I watching recently that felt a bit like that? It I don't like, know. They, they, they so expect... You don't know? No, I wasn't there. Sorry. Well, you've been watching me through my computer for weeks. I, I mean, know, I know, you're but not I, paying attention. I, don't, I like to give you some privacy. Ah, fine. Well, mm. I, yeah, between 7 and 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. I was watching something recently anyway where it was clear that like they were going, okay, so we've got to just hold that back, hold that back, hold that back. And, and at the end of the day, what you end up with is a program where nothing actually happens. Mm-hmm. And that's not true of this film. And it's not true of Last Jedi either. No. But as you say, like a complete his training... Uh, the Knights of Ren, you have this sort of constant sense of we're keeping all of this from you, but don't worry because you'll be back next year in the cinema or next yeah. week on, on the streaming platform mm. to see what that is. Mm. And that's fine. And that's like people have been writing that into things forever as long as there's been serialized anything. Mm. But the only issue is when the focus is too much on that and you don't have a satisfying ending. Yeah. And I think as a symptom of that as well is going, well, of course, the next film starts immediately where we left off because it isn't actually a film. It's just the very long first episode of this series we're making. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of a shame. Again, that's, again, my, my, my war on <laughs> clever and sensible franchise management. Yeah. War. War. Yeah, that's another <laughs> yeah. lovely reference to yeah. John, John Hurt's War Doctor. Yeah. War. I could have done that better, actually. I've been trying ah, to... Not, John not, Hurt, you can... It's very hard to do John Hurt unless you've actually lived as long as him and smoked as many fags. Hmm. So, but it's... Uh, that was, yeah, I could have done that better, I think. Anyway. Sorry, moving on. No, no, it's good. We're now at the end uh, with Ray is going to go off and find Luke. Um, and she goes off and she reaches the island. Uh, not not Ibiza. No. <laughs> She the reaches island. Luke's Island, which I think is called something like Snotland or something. I can't remember what it's called. Snot, Snotberg. Yeah. It's got a stupid name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she hands him the Hawaiian Sunset. Hawaiian Sunset. 
She hands him the lightsaber and he looks like, oh no. Yeah. I mean, he gets no no dialogue. Yep. It'd be great if he just went, no, no, I'm not. For- <laughs> <laughs> because he's, he's so powerful with the force, he doesn't even have to be told. Yeah. Something. No, he does it with a look. That's why. That's yeah. what you get with Hamill. He says he does. No, I'm not with yeah. a with a look. Yeah, he's amazing. He is amazing. And uh, I did the best Joker, by the way, hands down. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. But we get this weird. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just me. There's a helicopter mm. shot at the end here, and I just feel like it's very un-Star Warsy. I think yeah, I'm I being don't too know. picky. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, mm. it is, is slightly odd, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if that's a, a, a product of previous, you know, era's budget limitations in some yeah. ways. <laughs> like maybe, maybe that's. Fine. And also the fact that you know it was much harder to do a drone shot when there were no drones and you had to actually charter a helicopter. True. True. Um, that's enough. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was my yeah. lawyer who came in to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's enough. Let's not go there. Uh, let's not go anywhere near it. But um, the. That is strange. I I like it though. I love mm. the I love that being the last shot of the film. I like that they obviously they're gonna they're gonna want to give you a tour of all the characters you used to know, yeah. and uh, and then they hold back you know the guy your your, your leading man right till the end. I think that's a good decision. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean overall it's a fun film. It is fun. I'll yeah. tell you all the things that I find a bit odd about it mm. were magnified when I watched it last night. As mm. were all the things I really like about it. Yes, like little things. Like I remember JJ Abrams talking about how he'd he'd put sort of little, um, you know, functioning sort of blank firing mechanisms in the stormtrooper guns because mm. he wanted all the laser fights and things to feel really palpable and real mm. and just stuff like that. And you just go, yeah, everything feels it's got it's it's weighty and this, mm. it's backed up by the sound design, the aesthetic design. It's got that beautiful griminess, like I said, very shiny corridors, very grimy planets. Like that's, it's got all of that going for it. Sound design's amazing, which I think is so key to a Star Wars film. Yeah. And again, it's like the 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 thing which is hard to avoid is that it is a New Hope again, just yeah. with slightly different characters and slightly different planets involved. Uh, Tom, at this point, I'd usually ask James Bond questions, but it seems redundant. Well, also, I know nothing about James Bond, John. Yeah. I'm really sorry. That's all I right. listen to I listen to uh, quite a few Smirsh pods actually, mm-hmm. but generally it tends to be. Uh, not having seen the film. So I'm, I've got a really, really vivid picture of View to a Kill hmm. uh, built solely on you talking to Paul Litchfield. Yeah. Well, it was Fear Eyes Only, but yeah. Fear Eyes Only. Sorry, yeah. pardon me. This is how little I know. Yeah, anyway, so ask me some other questions. Well, I don't think there's any point. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what's your favourite Star Wars film, Tom? Oh, uh, Empire Strikes Back. What's your least favourite Star Wars film? Uh, oh, I don't know. Probably, uh, probably Attack of the Clones. I'm not sure. Do you think Ryan Johnson will ever get to make his trilogy? Um, I sort of feel like at this point this is a broader answer I Mm. sort of feel like uh, they're just going to keep promising Star Wars films and entire trilogies to whatever directors are sort of uh, proving themselves to be quite popular sort of coming from the independent back you know circuit Mm. uh, and just keep offering them films that they never then make yeah I I I think Taika Waititi's will never be made I think Ryan Johnson's will never be made yeah I don't think Ryan Johnson's one will happen because it would just be too much effort for the fans moaning about it before That's it comes interesting. out. I always sort of kind of wonder whether if there really is a genuine sort of groundswell of everybody going, oh, this is terrible. Like, mm. you know, like sometimes you get with those big studios, if they release like a real clunker and it just it's backed up by the box office and by the reviewers and the sort of fan talk back online, mm. they'll probably go, well, you're not allowed to make another one yeah. of these films or we're going to scrap this franchise or whatever Yeah. but a part of me go like how they sort of rebooted The Incredible Hulk because kind of everyone just agreed like the Edward Norton one was like fine but 
not as good as Iron Man and mm. we're not sure. Mm. And then they went, oh, forget it. Like, that never happened, basically. Mm. And that's like, I can see that happening. But when it's kind of mostly kind of a small, hardcore of, let's be honest, usually misogynists, but mm. <laughs> not exclusively, mm. but often it's it's kind of a very, very vocal, uh, super nerd, uh, self-appointed kind of fan elite mm. who are making the complaints. I always kind of get the impression that they couldn't give a fuck, right? Like... Well, as problem, long as it's making bank, surely they don't care. Well, I agree, but my problem is is that the Rise of the Skywalker kind of caters to all those worst kind of people. Yeah, maybe that's the proof. Maybe that's the proof yeah. of, that they are listening to the, <laughs> the nods. Yeah, because, well, J.J. Abrams certainly is, because that film is just... It might as well just be a, a film of J.J. Abrams getting the last, uh, the last Jedi and just sort of pissing on it, essentially. Mm. And, mm. And, and basically, or, or just going through the script and going, nope. No, I don't like that. Don't want that. That's not going to be in my film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it. I, again, I was having this conversation with, with uh, my fiancé, who I've, I've got, because I'm all a right, very good-looking Tom, I get it. Boy. I get it. You've got a fiancé. Very, Jesus very Christ. attractive. Yeah. Um, mm. The I was saying, it is very like... The idea I love... Again, another thing I loved in The Last Jedi was Ray being told, oh, your parents are just like some shitheels. Yeah. Like, they're not important. I love that. I thought, brilliant. Especially because the mm. whole Star Wars universe is, is hinges on this idea of the Lost Prince. Yes. In Luke Skywalker and the reveal of a surprise, you know, ancestral line. Mm. To unseat that would be such a good idea. Yeah. And seemed to be for precisely one film. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. and then from what I hear that changes slightly well the next but, film he basically does that um, when I said your parents were nobody they were but however they, they were Palpatine's kids <laughs> so you're a Palpatine right oh so they kind of do it both ways then yeah, yeah. great well I think often I think that trying to have your cake and eat it too mm. always works I've not seen that is it good yeah, ha- yeah. have your cake and eat it too yeah. it's really good I've Stars- seen the first one Craig Daniel yeah. as, uh, as the horny milkman and um, it goes uphill from there basically Brian Glover comes on at one point and says that's enough yeah it's it's but very he, it's, he, it's a cavalcade he, he points at a vagina and says that's a muff that's a muff yeah and then um, he points at Peter Cushing and says that's a muff so it's, so to, I'll start again with talking properly uh, if you were going to make uh, if you were going to be in charge of the next Star Wars film who would you get to direct it Gosh, that's a very difficult question. Rachel Talale. Oh. Rachel Talale, because she did such amazing work on Doctor Who that I just think... She also did Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. To be fair, yes, she did. (laughs) And Tank Girl, let's not forget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But listen, Heaven Sent makes up for all of that, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Just because I sort of go, listen, you've worked very hard for a long, long time on Mm. lots of various kind of less successful science fiction properties. Mm. Uh, And, you know, who knows? Maybe television medium suits her better, or maybe just she's, you know, her craft has developed over over time. Mm. But uh, she's certainly done some brilliant work lately, and I just think she deserves a crack at it. I'd like James Mangold to have a go. Now, who's that? He's the guy who did Logan. Now, yes, that's meant to be great. I haven't seen it. That's I'm, great. I remember yeah. the old man Logan comics. Mm. But, uh, yeah, okay, fair he's, play. He's very thoughtful and uh, precise, and there was rumours of him doing the new Indiana Jones film. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think he'd be a good fit for this kind of thing. Here's a question. Mm. Who would you have write a new Star Wars <clears> film? <throat> well, if, they weren't, if they weren't the director and writer, they were just the writer. Hmm. God, thing is, I'd say Ryan Johnson just because I loved Knives Out so much. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'd be interested to see if he's if he does ever get to do his film or trilogy or whatever. Mm. I'd like to see him untethered from a sort of larger continuity and and figure out what he what what is the Star Wars story he'd really want to tell. Oh, if he had absolutely no limitations. I would actually just based on the fact that I just watched the Watchmen TV series. Oh yeah. I'd like Damon Lindelof to do something with it because I know he's Lindelof. a massive Star Wars fan. Damon Lindelof. Yeah, he could do it. Yeah. I think what um, I'd like is a writer, so a nice writer. Anyone who writes for money. I think uh, we'll yeah. get a writer in yeah. to write a lovely Star Wars film. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to ask me? Or? <laughs> uh, no. no, 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 no. No, right. That's it. Also, I just, I'd also like, is it Craig Mazin, the guy who did Chernobyl? I'd like Craig his, Mazin, yes. He yes. can have a go as well. He's amazing. He is. And he also did the Watchmen podcast with Lindelof. And it's just oh, did he? like listening to two really excitable young kids. <laughs> well, if you've not heard the Script Notes podcast, that's like a, a weekly update on how excited Craig Mazin is about things. <laughs> yes, I'll have to listen to that. Someone told me to listen to that the other day. Oh, it's very good. It's very, yeah. very good. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's too, you know, they're at the head of top of their game, really. Like in terms mm. of, you know, I don't even necessarily mean like how good they are at writing. I just mean like two actual A-list writers, mm. and you go, wow. Like we're hearing, you know, you read William Goldman's books, and you go, uh, oh my god, this guy is like, you know, he's one of the the top guys out there. Like he's 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 really operating at the top levels of this business in this job. He's like got as high as you can possibly get. And he's written this book, and it's like a document that we have preserving what it was like to be, you know, one of the most popular screenwriters in Hollywood at that time. Mm. But with script notes, it's like you've got John August, who's writing all, like, big tentpole Disney films, and Craig Mason, who's written the most popular TV show in the last 10 years or whatever. Yeah. And you go, but we're, we're hearing from them weekly in the moment. Oh, <laughs> it's quite something. That's lovely. It's quite a resource. Okay, well, I'll give that a listen. Give it a go. Tom, thank you so much for so much time. What a, an immense pleasure it's been. It uh, has. I, I would have hurried it along if I wasn't enjoying it. So uh, oh. uh, it's testament to how much I've enjoyed it, how long we've been talking. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Tom. And I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Thanks bye. very much, Tom. Bye. No, it's bye. not. No, it's not. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. No, it's not. Bye. <laughs> you my name is tom price hello i'm dave cribb you should come and join us every day we do a podcast called cabin fever where we talk to loads of comedians who've had to cancel everything else in their lives so they come on our podcast instead don't they dave yeah it's an isolation podcast uh, dave, were you yawning the at the start of that sentence then was it just a little yawn yeah it's basically the great big owl isolation podcast we'll have people on from all our podcasts from your ruler threes your brian rogers your musicals your bitchins if you like any of our podcasts if you like any of those people chances are they'll be logging onto the zoom call and just chatting because let's face it they got nothing else to do. Also, there'll be a quiz on the bill. All right, see you soon. Lots of love. Cabin F-E-A-3709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Great Pig Owl.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.